Amen. Every Family First Sunday, like today, we are in a series called Family Talk. Family Talk. And so we're talking about how we as a body of believers want to leave a legacy of faith this year in 2021. So every Family First Sunday, we're going to have Family Talk. So if we were just sitting around the table, uh, spiritually speaking, as a family, that's what we're doing tonight. So uh, I need a kid who loves pickles. Who loves pickles? Does a kid loves pickles? All right. All right. Come here. Come here, Miss Karis. She loves pickles. All right. Okay. Karis, this is a brand new jar of pickles. I want you to give this everything you've got. See if you can open that. She might actually. Woo! <laughs> you get it. Everything you've got. And she did. Look at that. That's a proud. Look at those proud parents right there. We have got. Look, see, you know, and I was a good parent, and I had even a rag. So take that rag with you. Give her a hand. <laughs> we have, she's a professional pickle jar opener. Okay, I have two methods for when I want to help my kid. How many of you know that sometimes these jars, when you get them at the store, are almost impossible? How many people have an automated, one of those automated pickle, those automated can opener things? All right. Now, we had two methods growing up, and I told the first service, one is Pentecostal and one is Baptist, because one means you just hammer. We used to take this and we would hammer, how many did this? And did this, you hammer the edge till it pops open. Then how many people were spoon people? You can kind of get the divots. Anybody do that? There's like, yeah, there's one, there was like one spoon person in the first service. But you kind of get the underneath of it, and it pops up, okay? So sometimes when you love something, so if you love pickles or whatever it is, sometimes you love something. You can give that thing everything you've got, but guess what? It's not enough sometimes. It's not enough. Sometimes you need little help to get to those things that you love, and sometimes everything we've got isn't enough. So if my little kids come into the, and they want to open those pickles, they're going to say, Dad, could you help me open this thing? Uh, you know, and that's the same way in our own spiritual life. I'm going to smell like pickles now. But that's the same way we are in our spiritual life too. There are things and things that I want to do and I want to be in my own ability and strength. But when it comes to giving it everything I've got, sometimes everything I've got is just not enough. I need a little help. How many people need a little help sometimes to get through life? And you know, as a parent, I love my kids. And I would say I love them with a perfect love, but I would be lying to you. Because as much as I love my wife, whom we're going to be 20 years dating and then married, we've been dating for 20 years as of effectively Wednesday this week, amen? Uh, 20 years this week. And uh, I love her with everything I've got, and I love my girls with everything I've got. But you know what? I still fall short of perfect love. Even in my best days, I don't love perfectly. I can be impatient. I can uh, have something, you know, I could be busy on my phone. I could be too distracted with things going on in life. Or maybe just in my brain, you know, sometimes it's just foggy. And I forget things. And we forget, oh my gosh, I haven't told my kids I love them today. Or, you know, a perfect love. Even in a good parent, even on our best intentions, on our best days, we can still fall short of really giving our all in perfection of love. Sometimes everything we've got isn't enough. And so if I, as a parent, now some of us have probably had, in our younger years, maybe you didn't have that perfect parent. Maybe you had a toxic relationship with your parents, or maybe they, they loved you in the best way they knew how. 
But that for sure for you really wasn't enough. And there's maybe been even emotional things happen to you because your mom or dad never said you said they My dad uh, went his whole life until just a few years before his father died to ever hear that his father say, I love you, son. He went 50 years without ever hearing, I love you, son. You know, and he tried his very best to give me the love that he didn't have. And as great and as perfect as my dad is to me, and I love my dad, and we have a phenomenal relationship, all of us fall short of perfectly giving love, even with the best intentions. And so if I can't perfectly love my children, who I will lay down my life for, how can I love a God I cannot see perfectly? How can I give God everything I've got? And the answer is, I can't. I can't give God everything, even when I want to. I can't love God perfectly. I want to talk to you about having a God-first love and what if what you've got isn't enough. How do you love God with everything you've got if what you've got isn't enough? Look with me in Luke chapter 10, verse 25. God told the nation of Israel through Moses, he said this in Deuteronomy, the Lord your God is one, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. And uh, they were to teach these words, remember them, put them on their head, put them in their fridges, put them at the doorpost, put them on the garage, put them in the car. They were telling them, put them everywhere. Remember the Lord your God is one, love him with everything you've got. Yet Israel fell short of this repeatedly in the Old Testament. And you get to the day of Jesus and there are religious scribes and Pharisees who teach these words but never live them out. In fact, they heap burdens and traditions of man on top of these things. And they are hypocrites and liars. And Jesus calls them out. And one day Jesus is preaching and teaching and they are trying to trap Jesus with his own words and with the law. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, began to explain scriptures to them in a way they couldn't refute. So one day, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, a lawyer stood up and put him, Jesus, to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? Again, he's an expert on the law. What do you say is written in the expert? All right. How does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to them, you've answered correctly. Do this, do this, and you will live. The lawyer was seeking to justify himself about how good he was at living up to God's law. And Jesus says it's summed up in loving God with everything you've got. And if you do that, you'll live. What's the problem? You can't do it. You see, there was this thing that I grew up in, Christ I grew up in Christianity. I grew up in the church. And I used to read scriptures like this and think, okay, well, I'll get saved and I'll just try hard. I'll get saved, I'll read my Bible, I'll pray, I'll go to church, I'll be a good person, I'll try to live a moral life. But let me tell you something, even if you give it everything you've got, you'll never open it. If you like that pickle jar, you'll have to have somebody else help you to do this. You can't do Christianity on your own. We can think, well, I'll, I, I think I can do this. I can, I can try harder. I can go to church. I can make a moral life. We can do our best. But there's a problem that everything we've got isn't enough to gain the thing we love. I'm going to give you three things this morning. His love, our love, and His love in us. Number one is His love. What is, what is love? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 
you know, we have this idea of what love is. We have this romantic idea of love. So, you know, it's the anniversary, so you're going to give them a present, or you, you have a, a love for your kids. And we, man, even with a family kind of love, man, I can't tell you how I love my girls or how I love my wife. I love my parents. But even that, I have my own definition of love. I see love through the flesh. I, I view it through who I am, through my life experiences, through, through how I was loved. That's how I learned to love. I mean, come on, listen to me. You only love the best you know how. You may not have even experienced all the ways there is to love. But you only know how you can love. You only know how you were loved. You only know how to love through what you can do. But the Bible redefines what love is. And John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. How do we do that? For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because everybody say, God is love. God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Love and live. That we might live through Him. In this love, not that we have loved God, you can't, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or the atonement or the substitution for our sins. He says, First John, he says, God is love. Love is from God. And the best way I can communicate what love is, he says, it's when Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever might believe might be saved. And he said also in Romans, while we were yet sinners, Christ would die for us. He says, this is the ultimate definition of love. And God showed you what love was when he died on the cross for you. And there is every other definition of love is secondary to a God-first love. A God-first love. The Bible calls this the covenantal love. The covenantal love. He redefines it. It's a faithful, steadfast, covenant love. His love is everlasting, Jeremiah says. In 1 Corinthians, we talk about it in marriage, and we read it at all the weddings, and we say, love is patient, love is kind. What does that mean? God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. He does not boast. He rejoices in the truth. He bears all things. He endures all things. He is there always waiting for you, hoping all things. That is God. God is love. And I, I've challenged when we do a marriage counseling session, and even before I would marry someone, I would challenge them to say, when they go to that thing, and like Beth and I would be getting married, I'd say, Heath is patient. Heath is kind. Heath does not, and then you're like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Where is the standard of love in your life? We can really lower that down. Man, because when you start saying Heath is patient, my wife is going to be saying, what are you talking about, right? I mean, you know, we, we can kind of redefine, well, I love my wife. Yeah, but are you patient with her? Are you, ooh, we get some, we get in stepping on it now. Are you kind with her? Are you hoping all things? Are you enduring all things? Are you embarrassing all things? Are you believing all things? Are you wanting truth to win out in their life? Because sometimes we'll cover up some things just so we don't have to deal with the truth. That ain't love according to Scripture. Come on. God is love. That's his love. 
a faithful covenant love, and any other types of love are second best. God is the gold standard to love, and so how should I love my family? With a God-first love, because I can't love them. If I try to love them on my own ability, it'll be a secondary love. But when I give a God-first love through, my, through me to my family, that's how I love them, with the best gold standard, platinum card love that there is to give them. That is a God-first love. That's His love, but what about our love? Let's look at this verse. He says, love him with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We, we quote that to our kids. What is he saying? He's saying, love them with a, with a kind of love that's on the outside and on the inside. With everything you've got, give it everything you've got to love God. He says, if you can do this, if you can give God everything you've got, you'll live. What's the problem there? That soul part, he says, love him with all your soul. The soul is the part of you that is the living part of you. Sometimes it's translated soul or spirit, sometimes different. But in this context, soul and spirit are the same. That is the living part. When God breathed into Adam, he became a living being. He a living being. That's the living part of you. You're more than just emotions. You're more than just knowledge. You're more than just nerves and fibers and tendons and bones. There's something on the inside of you that is alive. There's a person there. There's something beyond just what we are, not animals. There's something living. There's a soul. There's a spirit inside of you. There's the mind part of you. That's the understanding, your intellectual knowledge, your ability to comprehend things. And there's the heart part. That's the emotional part, the feelings part, the person that talks to themselves, going down the road part. That's the, the person when I'm offended part that says, I can't believe what she did to me, blah, blah, blah. That's the heart part. The heart part is the, the inner emotions, the feelings, the talking to yourself part. And now here's the problem. He means love with everything you've got. That means to give him all your ability to fix your affections on him more than yourself or others. It gives to, to give anything up at his command. It means to devote all your life and will to his service. That's a God first love, to give him everything you've got. But guess what? I'm not enough. The problem is, you know, my soul and spirit without God is dead. I've been separated from God by sin. This is a dead man. I'm a dead man. If I was to die without God, there would be nothing I could do. I would be just dead. I would go into eternal death, and my soul would not be alive in him. And the problem is also about my heart. My heart, the Bible says in Jeremiah 20, or 17, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Jesus said, from our hearts come evil thoughts and murder and adultery and premarital sex and theft and false witnesses and slander. That comes out of your heart naturally of the condition that your heart is in. Your heart is broken. It is messed up. It is sick on its own. And he says, well, okay, listen, if you can't do it with your soul, if you can't do it with your, your heart, what about your mind? The Bible says without the revelation of Christ that we are captive to the, the evil powers of this world, to the principality of this age. He has darkened the minds from understanding the scriptures. Even the disciples could not comprehend the scriptures that Jesus would die on the cross until he made it a revelation to them and filled them with the Holy Spirit. They didn't get it. Even the best of them walking with Jesus could not understand in their mind the Scripture. You can't do it with your mind. Well, what about with my strength? You know, we realize in Romans 7 that Paul says, you know, even despite my best efforts, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Even on my best days, I fail to have the strength to love God and love my family. So it is hopeless. Do I realize... I, to challenge you today. Listen to me. 
Sometimes in Christianity, we think if I can just get saved and start trying more and doing more and being more and just having more self-effort and working to love my family more and making more money and providing for them and doing romantic gifts and telling my kids I love them and providing the best home life for them and, and doing all the things I can do, that that will be enough to be a good Christian, a good father, a good mother, that I could just do more and be more. He says, yeah, pastor, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, love your neighbors, yourself. That's our goal. That's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, but guess what? It's not enough. The Bible says that if you were to break one commandment of God, you would break the entire law, that you would fail desperately short of being able to live a perfect life just by breaking one thing. That's enough to send you to hell. And so when Jesus says to this scribe and Pharisee seeking to justify himself, he says, love the Lord with everything you've got and do this and you will live. And you know what that guy said? All right, I can do this. But it's not enough. What Jesus was really illustrating that day is there is only going to ever be one person who'd ever walk this earth and love the Lord with all of his heart and all of his soul and all of his mind and all of his strength. There's only going to ever be one person who could truly love the whole world as he loved himself. And that person was Jesus Christ who became perfection for you when you couldn't be perfection for God. That's him. And I am desperately hopeless to live a perfect life. I am desperately hopeless to love this woman as myself. I am desperately hopeless to love God with everything I've got. Even on my best days, I fail. And the truth is, that other way is religion. And I'm going to show you a better way. Do you see your total desperate need for God's help? How many uh, kids uh, in here today, mom and dad, do you have a list on your fridge of every rule in your home? Do you have a list on that fridge that says, do not jump on the couch, do not play a Nintendo more than this, do not, do not use mommy's makeup when mommy's not around, do not do this, do not do that, do not get on the lawnmower when daddy's not home. We, we could, I mean, come on, how many rules do you have in your parents? I mean, if you were serious, mom and dad, how many, do not jump off the roof, right? I mean, we could just, do not get in the front seat of the car when the keys are running. Like, all this kind of stuff. You could be full of lists. So kids, you probably don't have a rule, like if you do, come see me, I need to talk to your parents. But if you, if you had that, I tell my kids probably the main rules most often. So we know the main rules. They know what they should and should not do, the main things, because that's the things I have to say all the time. But when mom and dad's are not around, so parents, when you were younger, your parents probably didn't have a list, but how did you know what to do when mom and dad are not around? Probably most of you just did the opposite. But anyway, you know, like if the cake was sitting out there on the counter and mom and dad weren't home, how did you know what to do? How did you know? Did, they didn't have to list a rule. Maybe they did. They didn't have to list a rule to don't do this. Why? You knew who they were and what they would likely say, right? You knew what they would likely say. You see, all of those rules of your parents are summed up in who they are. Listen to me. All of the rules are summed up into who they are. You know what they would be like, what they would say, what they would not want you to do. Why? Because Jesus is saying the same thing right here. All of those rules are summed up into who God the Father is. And who is God the Father? He is love. I know what my, my kids know what I would or not not do so they can, because they know me. If you want to live this Christian life perfectly, 
what you can't do. How can you do it? You have to know the sum of who God is. You have to know all that he is, what he would and would not say, would and would not do. And the answer is, he's love. He's love. He's love. The scripture is summed in who God is and God is love. And so I need to know God's love more. The need is this. The law requires love. And if I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I'm going to need to know God more. I'm going to need help opening the jar because I want to open that thing and I love God and I want to love God. Let me tell you, I want to love God more. I want to love God more. But I don't know how. And even when I try, I can't get it open. I can't figure it out. I always, I never have enough strength. I never have enough emotion. I never have enough feeling. I get tired, I get weary, I get angry, I get impatient. So what I have to do is I have to go to God and say, God, help me open this thing. I need you to give me what I want to do. And I want to love God. See, the promise was given a long time ago in Ezekiel chapter 11 where God said, there's going to come a day where I'm going to take away that heart of stone in you. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And the solution is found in this. Look in Romans chapter 8 verse 3. I'm closing up with this. Romans chapter 8 verse 3. For what the law could not do. The law. What was the law? Love your Lord your God. All heart, soul, mind, strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What the law could not do. You couldn't do it. Weak as it was through your flesh, God did. Everybody say, God did. God did, sending his own son in the likeness of that sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law, all the law, might be now fulfilled in us who now don't walk according to the flesh, but now start walking according to the spirit. You cannot do this Christian life with your own intellectual ability, with your own emotional ability, with your own physical ability, even with your own spiritual ability. You have a spirit, but you can't love God with all your spirit. You will fall desperately short. He says the only way you can do this is when you come to Jesus and you know that Jesus has satisfied the requirement so that you could have the Holy Spirit in your life so that now you can walk not according to your own ability, but to supernatural ability to love God. This is the heart of the gospel. This is the gospel. It wasn't just that Jesus died on the cross. That's part one. Part two is Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to be with us always, even to the very end. And so Paul is saying this, you need the Holy Spirit's help to do this Christianity. You, the only way you can truly love God is through the Holy Spirit loving God through you. In fact, if you look at this illustration, it's the fact that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, comes down into your heart, loves through you, and loves himself back up to God. It's kind of a weird thing to think. God is loving himself through me but that's actually what is happening and as God loves come down into my heart I can now love God vertically and then I can love people horizontally I can now find love that God first love is coming through me and out of me not my own emotional ability not my own spiritual ability not my own physical ability not my own intellectual ability but as something spiritual begins to happen in your life let me give you some verses if you're taking notes definitely write these verses down and study them out later but this is the gospel heart of where this is coming from. Second Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.22, it says, God dwells in, his, in our heart with His Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of God is poured out within your heart through the Holy Spirit. John 3.6 says, the Spirit would be united to your, His Spirit was united to your spirit. 
Ephesians 4, 34 says there would be a daily renewing of the mind by the Holy Spirit. You can't get through this life just intellectual understanding about God. There's got to be renewing of the mind, a renewing of revelation of God. I love this one, 2 Corinthians 2, 4. Paul says, for now the love of Christ controls us. The love of Christ is my controlling factor. When I go to the countertop and the cake is there and mom and dad is not around and I know, wow, the love of God, because I know him in a spiritual sense, now I know what to do in this situation. I have his heart, his emotion, his mind, his spirit, his strength. And John would, first John, he would come to his church and he would say, guys, they were really having a lot of problems with who Jesus was in love. And he says, guys, when... This is, this is love, that, that we didn't know God, but He loved us, and He called us His children, such as we are, that, that, that He has loved us first. So because He's loved us, we can now love. And they say, well, John, how does that work? He says, guys, you heard this verse, His commands are not burdensome. If you read the next part, why? His commands, Christianity will be a burden to you if you're doing it on your own. It will be religion. You will burn out. You will get tired. Your passion for ministry will fade. Your heart, when you see moves of God, won't be there. When the missionary comes, you won't feel that burning power that he has for Africa or Asia, wherever he's going. You won't have a connection. When you want to love other people who have cheated on you, turned their back on you, stabbed you, annoyed the heck out of you at work, you won't have anything there. You'll have no reserves left because you're doing it by your flesh. You'll forget things. You'll, you'll just grow weary. And that's going to be because you're doing it by your own ability. But he says, that's not real Christianity because his command to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength is not a burden because in your loving through a born-again spiritual relationship, you see, it's like this. It's that when I get down to the end of my work week and I'm stressed with home life, going to school, night school, running multiple ministries, traveling, being out on business trips or whatever, like this week, staying up all night at a kid's lock-in, and you get to these moments and you're like, God, I don't have what it takes to get through tomorrow. And you can take a pause. You can breathe a deep breath in and say, but I know you do. God is supernatural. I don't do this Christianity through the natural. He can give spiritual strength through you, physical strength to you. He can take your mind to a place where you're just reading your Bible perhaps and you're just blah, 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 begot, 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 begot. What is in here? And then boom, when the spirit moves, something pops out. That's the spirit. When you run out of emotion and you can't believe how people have treated you and you've got nothing left to love your family at the end of the work week, it's been an emotional roller coaster in your life and you don't have what it takes to think about other people. Just be honest. Sometimes we get to that place. You get to a moment of prayer and you say, God, please fill me. I can't open the jar, but I know you know how to do this. So I'm going to breathe you in. And in a moment, something supernatural can happen. His emotions can come into your emotions. He can give you peace, supernatural peace, in the middle of a time that's totally, just want, you want to freak out and you just want to give everything up and pull your hair out. And you're like, I don't know why I'm getting through this day, but it's got to be God. How many people have been there? You know what I'm talking about. You have got to start living this life through the power of the Holy Spirit who wants to work mightily in you. You have got to start loving people 
and loving God with everything you've got and wherever you're not, that's where God comes in. You can give it everything you've got, but where you're not, that's where God wants to work. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Worship team, would you come? God wants to build your life on a God-first love. He wants to do something supernatural in you so that the world will look at you and say, man, where's that passion come from? Where's that loving presence, non-anxious presence? How do you have peace? How are you having joy? How come you think about people all the time and never think of yourself? How come you're so happy? How come you have such a great marriage? How come your kids and you have such a great relationship? And you can say, because I have a God-first love that where I fall short, that's where God starts doing things through my life. And I confess my dependency on Jesus. This Christianity thing is not something I'm doing. It's something the Holy Spirit is doing in me. So my, my challenge for you, mom, dad, let's leave a legacy. Young person, leave a legacy of a God-first love. It means God's going to love himself through you. God is going to love others through you. Because sometimes everything we've got is simply not enough. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're here today. And you, first off, have been trying to live life with everything you've got. You have been fighting perhaps addiction with everything you've got, and it's never been enough. You have been trying to let, all, let go of the past, and the past keeps coming back up in you. That anger, that hatred, that unforgiveness, it keeps coming back. You don't know what to do about it. You're here today, and you have tried this Christianity thing before, and you gave it your best shot, but it wasn't enough. And you're here today, and you're tired of going to bed, fearful, anxious, and tired. You're tired of spinning all your wheels in your life and never getting anywhere. It's time to come home. It's time to come into a warm embrace from a Heavenly Father who loves you and wants to fill you with supernatural power to walk in, not in your ability, but His ability. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, I do not have that love relationship with Jesus Christ. If I were to die today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity because I'm really in question about my relationship with God and I don't have that security. I don't, I don't feel Him when I go down to sleep at night. I, don't, I, don't, I know that God loves me perhaps and you know that God has done great things in your life, but you really don't have it settled in your heart this morning. Let's just really be honest with yourself. You really don't have it settled that you and God are really okay. And He loves you. Man, He has been whispering over you perhaps for weeks or months. He has been trying and trying to get your attention. And today's the day to make it right. If that's you, if I'm talking to you today and the Holy Spirit is moving on your heart right now and you're feeling really anxious, you don't know what to do, just simply, would you just slip your hand up, put it right back down, I'm going to pray for you. Say, that's me, Pastor Heath. I need to give God all that I am. Amen. Anybody else? That's me. I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. I'm ready to give Him all that I've got, and I'm going to watch Him do the rest. Amen. Every head about every eye closed. Father, you see these. You know these hearts. 
you've been working. So God, we give you the glory. And Lord, I pray today, we surrender our will, our care, our control to you. Jesus, we believe in you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Save us, renew our hearts, renew our minds, renew our spirits. Make us born again alive with you. That we might follow you into obedience through this relationship that we have with you. To know you in a new and powerful way. To know that we're saved, to know that we're your child. That your spirit is in us and with us. And we confess dependency on Jesus. We make you our Lord, our Master, our Savior of our life. We have faith and we put a trust, trusting relationship into you. You believe that, you confess that. The Bible says you're saved. It's relationship. Secondly is this. Christian, I'm going to speak to you today. You're tired. You've been doing too much. Your strength's been failing. Maybe your health's failing. Maybe your relationships are failing. You don't know what you're going to do to get through this next season. Because everything you've got has not been enough to this point. And you've had experiences with God before. But it's time to have experiences with God again. Your devotional life, perhaps for some of you, has grown dry. The passion to get up early and read scripture and pray, it's kind of fizzled. God has not forsaken you. God still loves you. He's still wooing over you. And he says, would you just let me do it through you? Let me like that passion again. Let me touch your body again. Let me touch your mind or your emotions again. Would you just stop trying to hold it all together? Stop, let go of the pickle jar. Let go, step, take a step back and let me do it. Just let me do it. See what he can't do. Just see what he can't do. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Heath, that's me. I got to give up control. I just got to let God do it through me. Maybe you're in, a, in something that you need supernatural love for someone else. I'm going to ask you just to put your hand up, put it right back down. That's you. You know who you are. Real quick, up and down, up and down. Amen. Many hands, many hands. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to be bold. I'm going to ask you just to come and everyone stand together. But then if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come just stand across the front. This way, I really feel the of the Lord. God's going to fill you in a new way. He's going to just, maybe not something we're not even going to have to lay hands on you. That God just is going to do something.